AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Everybody, welcome. Welcome to the AfterBuzz TV 30 for 30 After Show. Officially the episode for four days in October. Maybe the greatest story in the history of sports. I don't know. I think that. So uh, there you go. But uh, yeah, boom. I just put it on the table. I took my cards and I put them on the table. So here we are. This is uh, this is the show I'm joined today. I'm Ben Bateman and I'm joined today by my wonderful co-host that I'm so happy to see back in the studio. We have Kevin John in a checkered shirt. How are you, Kevin? I'm great. And I, you know, I'm going to have to refute what you just said. I, I think Thank the best you. story in the history of sports is Mark Sanchez's butt fumble. On a New York Jets oh couple my years ago. God. Not See, far, I had to keep it going. Not a, started not, before. No, no, not I unfounded. Not unfounded. Hey man, he's not on my team anymore. I don't care. He is, and I just had to throw that but, in. I'm, I'm Kevin John. Uh, this is Steph whatever. Z. This is Steph Z. But uh, I don't know that I agree that it's the best ever. I agree that it's the best rivalry piece. It's fair, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many good sports movies. Like, I remember where I was when I saw the butt fumble. So, like, I, it's actually something that Ooh. I... Do you remember? Like, I do you know what I mean? Like, of course absolutely. I remember. It was Thanksgiving. Yeah. I had a house full of people at my house. So it sweet. was decorated everywhere. And there I was on the couch by myself. My mom was in from New York. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the butt fumble forever oh my just God. changed... American history. Not sports, but just American history. If there's a small chance that you're watching this and you're unaware of what we're talking about, I mean, literally, if you Google butt fumble, it'll be the first thing that comes up. But essentially what happened was Mark Sanchez, in some sort of weird, in some sort of like weird, confused handoff, (laughs) managed to run into the ass of one of his offensive linemen, fumble the ball. I think it was a center. And the ball was, and the ball was returned for a touchdown, I believe. And it has gone down in history over the last several years as, as like the not top Blooper. It's ever and ever. Like, I will. I'll give you that. I could. I my ex girlfriend was not interested in sports, but I was able to get her interested in sports just via that clip because it's so entertaining. <laughs> See, the question is, when are they going to do a thirty for thirty on the butt fumble? I mean, I think we have a fan base. See, for I'd it. rather I think- be embarrassed by my butt fumble than per se some of the more recent things that my ex coach did for my team. Mm. That's one hundred percent irrelevant with butt Not fumbling. Really, I think butt. I think that's a good most... thing to be offend. Like, I think that's fine. The Jets go down as the butt fumble. It's you fair. had some crappy people connected in your San Francisco uh, network there. Well, we can talk. You know, crap, we can talk crappy San Francisco. Beat a man while he's All down. Right? I'm just. Long. I'm just. Beat saying. a man but, while he's down. But let's but, get back. Let's get let's back but, to the butts. Let's get back to the things that matter. Uh, uh, we are going to talk to you guys sucks. today about thirty for thirty, four days in October, which is part of the first season. Um, the original, yeah, right. Yeah, the original run, and uh, when they were trying out the product, this was one of the. This was like one of the big promo ones they used because it's very theatrical. The trailer for this is actually. The trailer for this is probably as good as the movie, weirdly enough. Um, as as oh, funny as that it. is, like the story is so dramatic, but it's it, the the movie itself is such a linear retelling of the story right. that 
the trailer, because of the music and everything, and all the old like rivalry clips it shows, it's kind of just as exciting. And I, I remember before like Netflix had all the thirty for thirties, I went on Amazon and I bought the box, set, the DVD box set of the first season, largely because I wanted to watch this one. But it wasn't in the first like. They released it in two you halves. You got screwed. The first half of the 30 for 30s were released in the first box set, and this was part of the second half. So I ended up having to buy the second half once it came out as well, just so I could watch this. And wow. uh, I've seen this one like nine times. Yeah. But before we start talking about that, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about Mazda. Oh, I love Mazda. Before we continue, we would like to thank our sponsors for supporting the show Mazda. And Mazda has a very important question for you. Does driving matter to you? There's over 4 million miles of road in the U.S. to find out. That's a lot of ground to cover. A lot of highways, freeways, wrong ways, long ways. They're all here waiting to be driven on. So do you take the left turn at Albuquerque or just keep on going? Do you wake up early Sunday morning for a drive before the traffic does? Or do you take the long, winding road home for a change? If driving matters to you, just get out and drive. Why? Because driving matters. Mazda. All right, guys. Let's be back to the show. Man, you got real serious when you said that. Man, you were like that freaking was real cute, Ben. Yeah, Stephanie was even good. getting excited over here watching you. Yeah, well, but uh, you know, it, that was intense. Like you were doing a monologue or something. Right. Anyway, back to the <laughs> anyway, red socks. Tangent, 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 tangent. tangent. Uh, Focus, Kevin. What do you guys think? First, first ADD. impressions of uh, thirty for thirty four days in October. I'm gonna say this, man. Um, I love how I'm gonna say this, man. Yo, I'm gonna say this. Yo, bro, I'm gonna say this. Yo, we could eat, but no, you know, this this is what I'm gonna say is I was really kind of disappointed. And the reason I say I was kind of disappointed is because this is the one of the greatest sports stories. It's one of the most revered, respected, highly regarded, praised, immortalized stories of all time in sports. So my expectations were like, boom. Going into this, you know, we knew about the heated rivalry. We knew that they came back down from an unparalleled 3-0 deficit in the AL um, CS to win. Just everything, the magnitude surrounding it was just astronomical. So when I actually went to watch it, I was just expecting expecting fireworks and, you know, everything. Mm. And all it was when I watched it was just a retelling of what I already knew. And, you know, one of the things I admire about these 30 for 30s and love them so much is because they usually give insight to the viewer. They give some kind of insight, wisdom, some kind of unknown um, perspective or narrative into the events that uh, transpired. All the 30 for 30s do that. You learn something. But I was watching this and I was like, I'm not learning anything. They didn't dig anywhere. There was no depth to it. It just retold what happened. So that's I was a little really interesting. I think that's so interesting. While I was listening to you say that. I wonder, because I'm a Yankees fan, and I was in New York for that series watching it, yeah. because it was such a an event, and because I felt that, like, you were just like, I just saw it all over. Like, it was just, a, you know, a news clip for you, kind of. But yeah. because I lived it, in now seeing it from the other side, it was kind of interesting to me. Because I lived that same thing, but from a completely different place than the mm. Red Sox did. So that's really interesting that you say that. And it's, uh, you know, again, we all always bring our different perspectives to it, which makes the show fun. But yeah, I wasn't disappointed in it. I actually freaking cried. I did. And I'm well, that girl. Well, of course you're like, a Yankees fan. They, no, but I don't mean every because Yankee that. No, cried. no, I didn't know. But listen, don't interrupt yet. What I'm saying is... <laughs> Because I was emotional for the Red Sox. Yeah. I got their players. I got their personality. I got their staff. You get bonded. So I don't necessarily agree with that because you feel in the bond. Like, 
I don't think you can be a sports fan, a true sports fan, and not feel something for the Red Sox while watching this 30 for 30. And that's why I think it's good. But again, you're right. In the 30 for 30s now, you do get that insight. You do get that fact. You do get that perspective. Because, and again, we all like and follow sports a lot. So we have a, a certain amount of knowledge. So we like those interesting facts that we don't know. But to me, this was a little bit more of, it made me feel something. Mm-hmm. As the other ones are like, oh my god, that was so good because I know something. Oh, there you go. <laughs> a lot, well, a lot of the sports docs have a very particular formula. Yeah, um, like you see, like the best example I can think of is uh, NFL Network's A Football Life, which are very entertaining, but they're very formulaic. They're just straight retellings of the history and the interviews. This is that same thing. It yeah. is very linear. But to me, the funny thing about this is that, and I notice this every time it comes on, the first twenty minutes are the best part by a long shot. And then everything after that, you're kind of like, well, now I know what's happening. I know what's going to happen. It's still exciting, mm-hmm. but it's that first sequence when uh, when Bill, uh, Kevin Millar gets walked, right. and then Dave Roberts steals second, mm-hmm. and they're sitting there in the bar, and it's Bill Simmons, and he's with who's the, who's the guy he's with? Uh, he's like, an, is he like a Boston announcer? Uh, Lenny Clark. Lenny Clark. Yeah, yeah, he's a writer, right? Yeah, and he's sitting there with him. And uh, that piano piece comes in, yeah. and, and he's like, he's like, "There's a chance here, right?" Yeah. And he's like, "And that's that's what I got. Yeah, I got like emotional. I remember the first time watching right. in that moment because you just it's the fan base." And then Billy Miller comes up and he gets the he, this hit to center, and Roberts comes in and scores, mm-hmm. and everybody goes nuts. And then you know Poppy hits the home run, and then you go to game two. But it's that first game is the one. And then the rest right. of the series, you have like bits and pieces. The shilling part is pretty cool. The bloody sock, and you have you definitely have like some cool stuff with. Uh, you know, A-Rod being kind of a sissy, batting the ball out of, uh, what the hell is his name? Running like that, the first baseman. Oh, when he yeah, yeah, deflected yeah. it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bronson Arroyo, right? Uh, the first baseman. Arroyo, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. the pitcher. And it is kind of funny, too, because, and again, I'm not, you know, I, I know I do throw you under the bus a lot, Kevin, but I'm not trying to, but mm-hmm. we can all attest to this. When your team has a great failure, in a way, like this is a failure for the Yankees. Yeah. You don't remember all the details. A choke? You just remember, or, or a choke, whatever. You yeah. don't, re- you remember that they lost. So again, the way that you guys might remember the details because you're watching and it's not your team losing, I didn't remember all, I knew clearly what happened in the bloody socks and stuff, but like the play by play, how it was the same two players in yeah. game four and game five, you know, I didn't remember that because I just remember like, holy shit, how did we lose? Did you remember when you watched it live? Did you remember feeling like David Ortiz? was basically the savior of the world. Like, did you remember just being like, that guy is so clutch. He's, yeah. It's, it's like, scary how, how good that guy is. Yes, and because of some of the stuff, you know, I've been doing lately about the Red Sox and studying about the Red Sox, I now again can understand why the Red Sox fans are so distraught about him because he's not consistent yeah. like that. Like, he was the clutch player that's kind of maybe a little bit older now and doesn't perform consistently, yeah. so it's that's a heartbreak. Well, he had the, well, game, he had yeah. the game winner two years ago. I know. Right? Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, in this season. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's kind of... And I'm going to be very careful. I'm not necessarily, you know bashing this story in sports. Like I said, I think this is one of the best stories in sports, and I remember I, I did... I wouldn't say I cried, but I was filled with emotions watching it when it actually played out 11 years ago. Yeah. And then also, you know, a little bit when I'd watched the beginning of this because obviously it brought it all back together. Um, you know, the thing is, is like, uh, you know, I, I, I think one of the biggest things, especially as a Boston Red Sox fan, was the the whole reverse of the curse. Right. You know, it had been, what, 84 years? 86. I, I, 86, 86 years. years. 86 years. 
And, you know, this was a, a, a franchise that was starving for something, you know, for that long. And to see that they see them go on that drought and just the perseverance yeah. of the fans, even in game four, uh, um, in game four, when they were about to get swept and they were losing up into the eighth inning, the fact that all those fans were still there, like, for example, this was the, L.A. Lakers or Miami, half of the fans would have left. They wouldn't have been totally. in that stadium. They would have been gone. They would have been on their way to the next party talking about what to do. But these fans all stood there and were with this team. Wasn't it bottom of the like, ninth? Isn't that just uh, happened yeah. at the Super Bowl? At the, a lot of, remember a lot of people left? Oh, oh right. I heard Seattle about that. Game or something. Yeah, people yeah, left. Yeah, I did hear about that. Um, and they couldn't get back into the stadium. Wasn't that the Seattle thing? Well, that happened with so, Miami so Heat in the finals two years right, ago. Sorry. And then <laughs> Seattle, like, yeah. But a lot of fans do leave. But Red Sox fans, there's something about them. That makes me have a love-hate relationship with them. That they will stay. They're exactly. a little bit cocky and boisterous in a certain way, and I'm sure they say the same thing about New York fans. But there's a it's a different breed of people. They're not going to leave at the eighth game if their team might be swept. Exactly. They're going to stay and see it and hope that for, something will hope happen. Hope for a miracle, or right. hope for uh, a miracle who's Dave or their team. So but, I have a question for you guys. Do you yeah. think this would be remembered the same way in history if it wasn't the Red Sox versus the Yankees? Because we say this reversed the curse. Like, the curse wasn't really reversed. We have a million more pennants than the Red Sox do. They mm-hmm. won a freaking great series. No, no, no. It, it, it's remembered for this. So this this is the because reason. because of this. Yeah. My, my thing about this it's being the, the, greatest, rivalry in the, yeah. the greatest story in the history of sports, um, there's... Now, there's a lot of stories in sports history, right? There's a lot of like, there's a lot of winning streaks. There's a lot of triumph over adversity. There's Cinderella every, seasons. Cinderella yeah. seasons. I mean, there's everything from Willis Reed playing on the the torn. You know, the, they made reference to Willis Reed a lot yeah, throughout this. They, they do, and it's on yeah. the, the broadcast when they're talking yeah. about uh, shilling the bloody sock. There's the reason that it's so just integral, and I think the reason that it is in fact the best sports story is the stakes were so high. The stakes were so high, like for it to be the bottom of the ninth, for it to be one pitch, one pitch away from just being over, and they come back from that to not only beat their most hated rival in this clutch game, but to also win the first series in 86 years. And then on top of that, it's like the New York Yankees are the, the American baseball team. Like they're the yeah. most, they're the most American. They're the favorite. They're like the ultimate juggernaut baseball team. So if yeah. you're gonna have to beat anyone. And it's, it would be the same if anybody was trying to play against the Yankees, but it wasn't just anyone. It was the Red Sox and playing also, against the you're, Yankees. You're missing one of the most important things. Nobody has ever come back ever. from a 3-0 deficit ever. as it, well. It, 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 it literally seemed impossible. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'll say improbable, but not impossible. At the and time, it seemed impossible. It was yeah. deemed impossible by everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just the, the fact that that's why I say I love the story so much. I mean, what I, did you I, wish you so got? Pure. I mean, because there wasn't, because it was, because, you know, like, I feel like when we watch these, we learn, you know, in Soul Man or this, that, we learn about Sonny and how he went about. We learn that maybe Reebok didn't give him the the right amount of offer that he should have for Kobe. Like, we learn underlying facts that help play out the story. But it was kind of a, it was a situation that they talked about. I don't know, you know, is there something that, like, oh, I wish I would (laughs) have known that. I think I I know, I think I know what you're coming from. I I don't think it's a... I mean, I'm going to hope I don't just st- step on your answer. Here. Go ahead. But I think my feeling was that watching this, it's an extremely linear retelling of the story. It's a super, super by the numbers. Like, there's some drama to it, but really, ultimately, it's just like, this is what happened, game to exactly. game, yeah. day to day. It, it made exactly. it human, though, in a way. It, it, it and that was, was like, what was missing from the story when I watched it. And again, watching as a Yankee fan. So it gave me something I didn't have, which was it humanized what that team was going through. You know, seeing them on the plane ride, seeing them, how, just seeing that whole side. And I know that 
teams are players and people and they all bond, whatever. But it mm-hmm. was different Cena. But there was no... There was no like, oh, we learned what the sign for stealing was. Like there was no nothing like that that I feel no, like I, I mean, missed. you just want to you just want to hear some depth, some nuggets, like you know why right. you know why certain people were inserted in the game at certain times. Why and you never hear anything. I I know this is all about the Red Sox, but I would have liked to hear some Yankees perspective, like Joe Torre. I would have liked to hear you know his you know what was happening when they were like you know going through it or, or flipping or the or, out. Well, the director yeah, exactly. <laughs> the director says in the interview before the film, he talks about why he decided to tell the story through the eyes of the Red Sox. And he, Which was great, because it was their story. He it says, wasn't the Yankee story. He right. says he felt like he wanted to tell the story through the eyes of the Red Sox because of the romance, the romantic nature of the, the transition of the fan base mentality. And he didn't want to make it about just like... Like it really truly is told entirely through the voice and eyes of the Red Sox. You, you, right. you don't want Yankees <laughs> interviews because you don't want... You don't want these biased opinions. You, yeah. you only want one set of biased opinions. And you see, you, you see, but even see, when they the try thing. and go talk to A Rod, and he's like, "Yeah, get out of here." Yeah. But see, the thing is, thirty for thirty, as we we talk about a lot, they're non-biased when they retell stories. Should be. They're very non-biased well, when they retell stories. Sometimes they are. Liked, I would have liked actually for them to uh, you know to interview Joe Torre or interview um, Derek Jeter or interview Mariano Rivera, who actually blew that save um, in Game Four, or somebody. You know what I mean? Or right. just get further depth. Um, not necessarily from the fan base, but from from ins- basically, I didn't just want to watch a retelling of a yeah. story that you I didn't want to watch know. Fever Pitch. I- <laughs> yeah, that was actually a great movie, by the way. Great movie, right? great love movie. that movie. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to hear something. You know, like all, like you said with Soul Man or Rand University or all these other. You know, they dig deep. And right. there's things that we find out that we didn't know, and I just would have liked to see some of that versus just a retelling of the story. Sure, uh, I-, I hear you. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. So, I mean, can we think of... Okay, Kevin and I said this a little bit before the show started. So, the Tom Brady story, like his story of being drafted in the sixth round. Oh, yeah. Brady and, six. And, and going oh, yeah, to that Michigan. Was on the other day. Yeah, it's like it's my favorite talk ever. And and the six guys taking ahead of I thought this was your favorite one, but you're starting to sound like literally, me. That's literally... You're starting to sound like me a little bit. Okay, true story. So, a, a couple years back... Uh, my roommate and I went through like a like a very a very very tumultuous party filled football season. No. Like Sundays, like like we we always party a little on Sundays, but Sundays just be, just became complete just debaucherous parties every week, right? And there was always a break between you know there's the break between the afternoon games and the evening games. So you have right. just shy of an hour usually when the one thirty game ends. I hear you. And I'm the five thirty game starts. And uh, a couple of our friends were from Boston. And every single Sunday for the entire football season, two seasons ago, we would either put on the Brady Six <laughs> every single week during that hour just to have it on in the background, or we would put on Four Days in October. They're, but you're a Seattle fan, yeah, so how does that make any sense? I would watch the. I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. He Brady is. is my all-time he, favorite athlete. He is my all-time favorite athlete in the history of sports. So Seahawks who did you root team. for in the Super Bowl? The Seahawks, and I was crushed. You have a team, you have favorite players. Look, if the, if the Patriots had lost, I would have been cheering. The Patriots won, and I just was kind of silent. And it took me about two weeks before I could just relax and just say, my favorite player of all time got what he was See, supposed to I get. I think that's a generation thing. And because, and, and this is why I say this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, or you guys have a different opinion, but I feel like my generation of people, because I'm a little bit older than you guys, does not have a favorite team, but a favorite player on a different team. Well, that's because this generation, we uh, d- teams. There, there's kind of no such thing as a franchise player anymore. This, well, this day and, and age. because I think fantasy and, football ruined the sport. 
in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, yeah, because, because you just all look for I individual want is sets. kids to buy more shirts of yeah. more teams, so they Absolutely. make you like people on every team rather than having the the fan base of like how the Red Sox do of the yeah. diehards. Right, like the Red Sox will say they can respect Derek Jeter because he's a good player, and when Derek Jeter played his last games in Boston, they gave him a standing ovation. But no Red Sox player would ever be like, I'm a Red Sox fan, but Derek Jeter is my favorite player. That, no, that I, just would not happen. I hear what you're saying. I'm not <laughs> That's saying... That's crazy to I'm, me. I'm not I, saying it's right. I get right. it. I just I'm know. not saying it's right. But you it's got, not wrong, though. I'm just saying it's different. you got to remember, and this actually will tie it back into the doc. Uh, okay, I've told you guys this before, and anybody who's watched these 30 for 30s and seen this knows, I did not grow up a sports fan. Okay, I right. played baseball as a little kid, and I collected baseball cards. I completely walked away from anything sports-related at 10 years old. And it was mm-hmm. not until I was 21 that I started to pay any attention Yesterday. to sports again. <laughs> so when I became a Seahawks fan, it was 2009, which is, I mean, it's that's not inconsequential. You know, I've right, been a fan right. for six years now. But, like, for me to become a Seahawks fan and then realize how awesome I think Tom Brady and his story are... It's, they're still both kind of fairly young. Like the- That's what I'm saying. That's why I think it's a generation thing. And and becoming a fan yeah. in this generation where people do like other teams and people get traded a lot more yeah. and there is stuff like fantasy football. Yeah. Just for me, because I won't play fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I can't, like, well, I just won't. So one of the strengths, that I think, of Four Days in October, one of the reasons that I actually think it's quite good, and I, I do think it's one of the best 30 for 30s, is more on just the back of the story. It actually has less to do with the movie. But I don't think that the movie takes away from the greatness of the story enough no. that it that it makes it anything less. Because you got to remember, like, okay, things in my lifetime, like big, huge sports moments in my lifetime that I just vaguely, peripherally remember happening, going on, like, you know, but I wasn't paying attention because I wasn't a sports fan. Jordan winning his sixth championship. I remember my dad celebrating. I remember we were watching it, right? right. That's a big one. Um this series, I definitely remember this happening. I wasn't paying any attention, but I do remember it. 07, when the Patriots lost the Giants, the perfect yeah. season. Again, I was at someone's house, the game was on. I remember. Like, the big sports moments, the biggest ones, you remember them. So it's interesting when you see something, a documentary made about an event that happened in your lifetime, when you were alive, if you didn't care about it. I didn't care about this whatsoever in 2004, but I remember Fever Pitch. I remember this being on TV. Right. I remember people talking about it. I remember mm. like the the influx of Red Sox hats that went on. So that's why I think this is interesting is because it doesn't talk about the culture. If you it just it's just sort of like look, you care about this if you live through it. If you didn't live through it or something like that, if you're 10 years old, it's an interesting piece of history, but ultimately this is made for the people that live through it. So but and that's that's the problem right there. It's a, it's it's a, it's a young no, no, no. guy. I don't, it's that's that's no 04. No, 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 but see that's the problem. Just happened. Like it just I happened. Don't know well, that, uh, it happened eleven years. Yeah, yeah, but see, that's the problem. This man. came out in two thousand nine, guys. Okay, okay. This that was five years after the events. Right, but okay, if you're a little but, kid, go ahead. Well, start. first of all, I think that it shouldn't be made just for those that live through it. I think it should be made for anybody that's like wants to see a great sports story. Well, it's obviously going to work for that reason. I'm not telling you it wouldn't, but I'm saying it was made five years after the event. You, you think what a four year old is going to be watching the thing? No, but uh, but <laughs> now a 15 year old where the Red Sox haven't won. I mean, I know they're okay and they won a few years ago, but they're to to understand like, hey, Dad, what's this whole Yankee rivalry thing? Like, why is it a yeah. why is it that way? What's you know what's the curse? What's all this stuff to exactly. show them? this they're gonna get it right away so i think it is more so it's because again people like me who lived through this as a fan of the yankees it's not 
if you lived through it, you know about it, and you don't even need to watch this because, like Kevin said, you didn't learn. You got the gist. You got it was three and zero, and they came back and they won. But you're proving my point because I didn't pay any attention to this. I paid zero attention. So most of the guys watching this, like I could, I could identify five or six guys that I remember like having baseball cards, like Pedro, right. Henry Ramirez, Kurt Schilling, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez. Like those are probably the names that I can remember. Joe Torre, I just remember him being right, around. Right. But all the guys, the heroes in the story, the ones that talk the most, Johnny Damon, Kevin Millar, Dave Roberts, right. Terry Francona, like, I don't remember any of them, even though they were playing baseball. Johnny Damon? I didn't care about baseball at all. He wasn't that famous. He's not Derek Jeter. Right, but you said that it's for the people that watched it during that time. What I'm saying is, so people that lived through it, right? I lived through it, but I didn't care. So I can watch it now, and I can connect to these characters like they're characters in a story. It doesn't matter that it happened or didn't. It can be fiction almost. So you're talking about the 15-year-old kid that wants to learn. He'll enjoy it the same way that I did. It's not any more or less relevant to him to have lived through it. It's just that it's in Oh, his... I thought you said it was made for people that lived through it. I, I should rephrase it, because I okay. think I did, in fact, say that. Yeah, that's why I was confused. It's generational. It's like, if this had happened in 1949, the story would be cool to me, but it would be such, like, a relic of a story. I no! I disagree. It's no, timeless. This is time- the history of the Red This Sox. is one of the best stories in a hundred years from now. When they're yeah, teaching sports journalism classes, this will be in the curriculum. It will. Like, it, it's that serious. I it's that disagree. monumental. I told you. I think it's, it's the best sports story of all time. I no, already said that. I but you're the saying it's on. irrelevant to somebody that's in a, a younger generation or, or, or something of that sort. I, I think this will forever <laughs> stay relevant. This will forever be a classic. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm like... Like, Wilt's point. 100 points. <laughs> that's ever going to be a classic. It's never going to be. I, I said that's forever going to be a classic. Him scoring 100 points in a game is forever going to be a classic. No, it won't. Absolutely. Slap yourself. Uh, Will scoring it, 100 in a game is totally relevant because the game was completely different when he scored 100 points. So I look at that and I go, I don't care about Will Chamberlain scoring 100 points. I don't even believe that was special uh, back then. That is one of the it's, most respected records in the history of sports. I but anyways, yeah. on our sports show. Anyways, anyways, ben, let's get back. I so, love you, but Yeah, Ben, you're killing yourself right now. Yeah. But anyways. And it you might know, be different th- again because, and, and I don't know, maybe it is different because Kevin and I clearly grew up always being sports fans so it's it's not something that it's not like four years ago i decided oh i'm gonna learn how to play the guitar right. and i'm learning this history of music <laughs> sure, and i'm sure. saying who is Jimi hendrix who cares because someone might slap me in the face if i said oh, that. that's ridiculous you, you but guys it's are taking kinda, it's no kinda it is not it's kinda what you, you said <laughs> you said before the show ben that you thought this was the best story in the history i said it on the show it was my first statement okay if, so if you're saying if this is the best story in the history of sports yeah and then you're sitting there saying that <laughs> oh, well, it's generational, it's irrelevant. You just kind of contradicted yourself. You guys are, I, sw- I feel like what is happening right now is I feel like I'm being interviewed and you're taking phrases no, out of I context No, I feel like you might have just sworn it weird and I, we got it both. Yeah. It's, so both, what are you saying? We never agree. Clarify. We never agree. Okay. I know. Okay. <laughs> so the first Actually, time I, I look said for it, reasons to oppose what she says. I know. It's so hard the, for me to agree with Kevin. The statement that I did in fact make, that it was made for people that lived through it, strike that from the record. That is not okay. true. <laughs> That's not really what I meant to say when I said that. Okay. Right? I love how our producer, yeah. Jesse, is cracking up over there. What I really mean by that, what I really mean by that is, it's made for somebody who it feels like the history of it relates to at least something that they can tangibly feel. Like, for me, for me, the fact that I grew up around this, this time period, like these players, this was happening while I was alive, even though I didn't care... Makes it relatable to me. And if it had happened 20 years ago, it would still be relatable in the same way that I care about early 80s basketball history. I, I care about the Showtime Lakers. That's Those are players that you know, I still see on TV. I don't think, because you're not, it, it doesn't present it as a piece of history. Like, it's not getting the interviews from the Yankees. It's not telling you what was going on in culture at the time. It's not, 
it's not trying to frame it that way. It's just the story of the Red Sox and what happened in 2004. It becomes more of a fairy tale that doesn't really... It's like... It would feel more like Wilt's 100-point game to a younger fan if they watched this in 50 years because they're not going to have any concept of what's going on in the world at the time of this documentary because it doesn't show you any of that. It just shows you the story. So it feels it, it feels like... I think if you're watching it 50 years from now and you don't know history, it's just some story about sports as opposed to like Rand or something else where it's like cultural and it's showing you the world at the time and racism and all these things. It's like, oh, that was the world at the time. This is a piece of history that I really matters to me. I can connect to this as opposed to this, which is it will be relevant for as long as this like sort of era of Red Sox is in like somewhat recent 20, 30 year memory. I think it'll fade this documentary, not the story. This documentary's importance and its relevance, I think, will fade in years to come. That's well, regardless of the documentary of the importance of it, the story is what I'm talking about. And I'm so saying the story I. I told you I think it's the best forever. Ever. It's classic. Yeah, if you're just talking about like, the, I'm saying the documentary. That's what I'm like referring there to. There was a little backpedaling swim around and I appreciate it. But I feel like <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. But I honestly think that I don't know. I can't honestly say I get what you're saying. You can or you can't. <laughs> I can't No, I I, I can't quite because what I'm why I, why I can't get it is because American baseball there's so much history with it. Yeah. You ask any baseball fan, right. you ask any any non baseball any non baseball fan, yeah, who is, what's the biggest rivalry in baseball? They'll say the Red Sox Yankees, and most people will know about this situation. All right, I'm gonna step in right here. Oh, yeah, I'll, do I'll, 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 I'll do it! I'll do it! What Jay? I don't like no type of sports. I could care less, but I am from Boston. <laughs> But I really, I mean, I could not care about no type of sports. But reverse the curse, the Yankees versus the Red Sox. I mean, I don't even care, but I would sit and watch because it would just be like, like yeah. my family would back up out the room the way they came in because this was <laughs> such a serious thing. And I, I don't want to say I get what you're saying, but I, this is like, it's like saying Larry Bird was, you know, well, he's just some guy that played basketball. No, like, if you are a diehard fan of sports, this story is huge. Like, it's the biggest rivalry in baseball, and I don't even watch baseball like that, but I know It's one that. of the biggest rivalries in sports. Of course, sports. general, yeah. yeah. So, so, say it one more time, guys. The first thing I said when the show opened is I think this is the greatest story in the history we of sports. We love you. We're not saying you're wrong. I think it's, I want it's that really to be very We just want clarification. No, I, I feel like, but again, I do feel like, and again, maybe my, my Hendrix thing is dramatic, but that's kind of how, it's because, you know, you're someone who learned this rather than lived it. I think it's different. But my reference but, is the movie, not the story. That's what but, I'm trying to... I mean, it's one and the same, kind of. The movie is the story. No, because the movie only presents it through the eyes of the Red Sox, which is what, essentially, even if it did, if it was backpedal and swim around, which I'll admit probably is a little bit of what I did here. Right. It, like, thinking about the it's conversation okay. at both sides. Of it. No, I'm just trying to say, yeah. like, I, I don't want to come off as that I don't respect the story. Right, I right. truly do. This is, this is my favorite 30 for 30 based on the story, not based on the movie. So when explaining Kevin's point about why he didn't like it and why I was saying I could relate to it, right. the reason I can relate to it is truly because I don't think that the movie is as good as the story, even close. The movie's just uh, kind of a. But you could say that like retelling. no one's going to remember the OJ movie Thirty for Thirty. Well, maybe that's a far more artistic retelling of the event. But I mean, still, it stands on not... its own. It's not as great as the event, but at least the movie stands on its own as like a very interesting retelling. It's it's a very very cool way to tell it. Totally, but what I'm saying is, people, I don't think will remember. I think with all these, you're not going to remember, like even Rand University is some of the best ones, you're not yeah. going to remember that story as much as what actually happened in the history of sports. Oh, see, 
this is the now we're getting into territory where I'm I'm like with Rand, I'm like that's more about the culture surrounding Randy Moss and his youth and where he came from. It's so much less about the important part of his career, his NFL career that he actually was famous for. It's not even referenced right, in that Right, but what, I, what I'm saying is that most people, I would I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, both of you, yeah. Yeah. that at least 70% of sports fans do not watch these 30 for 30s the way we do. I don't think they're as yeah. popular as movies and as docs. So to... to Equate that these as the kind of like relating it to an importance of how an event will be remembered if this will be watched. I don't sure. think like is a fair assessment. That's fair. That's all I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I okay. get you. All right, love you. Mean it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I I, I kind of just I, I started tuning out like ten minutes ago with some of your outlandish remarks. I try. I'm trying here. I I, I you know. Uh, Moving on. Uh, but no, you know, I'll say this just this to bring stuff. it back to this. I, uh, You know, and that's why I'm glad we have these discussions, these panels, so people can be the voice and perspective of everything, you know, whether it's a clueless voice or, you know, what have you. I'm joking, but I love you, man. But at any rate, oh, you know. That, were you stabbing at me? I was not. Um, <laughs> just to the other random person in, in this room that said this was irrelevant, this whole sports story and generations. I, I really now. didn't say I know. sports story. Anyways, back now to what I was saying. words in his mouth. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just being a jerk, Ben. But anyways, uh, you know what I was going to say, and this is just going to slightly counter what I said earlier, how I didn't really appreciate how they didn't guys go. can't stick to your opinions. That, the one thing that I will say that I did like about this is the, um, you know, when they did show the clubhouse. And the thing that I liked about the Red Sox when they showed the clubhouse, those guys were still singing, celebrating, having a good time. Even when they were down 0 and 3, they still showed up with that Red Sox persona, personality. Happy go lucky kind of. Happy go lucky. Everyone was having a good time. I'm sure if they showed the Yankees clubhouse, it was the exact opposite. Well, of course. A Rod was over here shooting up. Jeter was over here. He wasn't you know, shooting up back then. Come on. <laughs> All right, whatever. No, but that's exactly but, what I meant. That it it gave me. It was hard, even being a Yankee fan, living through this as a Yankee fan, to not feel for the Red Sox because yeah. you saw that fourth right. wall breakdown. Yeah. And when you have the manager Terry saying, you know, all, all I tell these guys to keep is make sure you keep your personality. That for me was yeah. that was enough to yeah. see those players interacting and seeing that spirit. That was enough because you knew the story. You just, just seeing that team yeah. camaraderie, just that team, you know, that that. Team. That just team. Good. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and, and that's the thing that I remember from even watching this was just how much fun those guys have with each other. And it showed on the field as well. And it just right. showed that they truly loved. There was no individuals out there, egos, <laughs> Yankees. Except you know, for Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> well, but anyways, we're not talking about them. But I, I'm just saying I really love the culture of the Red Because I'm not going to lie. I, I never grew up a Red Sox. I'm not from Boston. So, you yeah. know, I, I've always respected the Red Sox, though. And I think at the end of the yeah. day, after watching this, you do have an appreciation for them and a high level of just – reverence for them. Well, and they did a great job. I mean, the, the best part about this documentary is is truly, like you said in the beginning, Steph, it's the emotion that you can see in the Boston fan base. That's, I mean, that's why he was right in telling it the way that he did, at least for the purpose of this documentary, is that, yeah, it's it definitely is, it's the one-sided retelling of the story. It's from the eyes of the Red Sox and Red Sox fans, and it's, for that reason, it does succeed. I mean, it's, it is by the numbers, but, like, I'll be honest, this is this is the thirty for thirty I've seen the most times, and half those times it's because it just comes on TV, and right. I get sucked back into watching it again. 
because it's just it's just very engaging. It's, it's a like great story. I really wish that they would, and I understand why they just spoke to and told it through the eyes of the Red Sox. Yeah. But I thought it, it would be so nice See, if they I just disagree. got a few Yankees. It would have gotten so dramatic because it would have been taken so out of context, and the fact that. It was about team and staying together and winning and even when it's bad. And then you would have went to the Yankees and, of course, they would have been pissed. Let me tell you something, Seth. Every time you have a great story, right, whether it's a great movie, great TV Get it. show. But you it was unnecessary. Have? You have the protagonist, the protagonist. But there was enough. The, the game the itself was. You needed the The game itself was. They would It would have stuck out on what people would have talked about no. more. How many times in this series no. did you guys mention how cocky A-Rod was and I was doing steroids? Okay, okay. It would have turned into that. No, no, no. I don't, I don't even mean to, to harp on MVP. But that's what you said. But that's what media no, no, would have done. No, no, no. I'm saying I just wanted to hear, okay, what was George Steinberg? What was he thinking? What was George? Tory he was thinking, thinking, oh shit! What was court, what, you know, like, when, what else when do you need sitting, to know? You know what was what was Mariano thinking when he blew? A, I'm not saying they're get on the dirt of the Yankees, but and that's what all they would have done. I would have just liked to see a, a, a genuine, honest perspective from maybe a Yankees executive or somebody else in there so, that could have told us. So check this out. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna use your piggyback point because we have to wrap it up. <laughs> okay, I like I, that point there. I, no, because I like what you're saying here because it actually speaks. It it the, you just put a cap on sort of what I was trying to say throughout this show. Uh oh, here we go back again. No, no, because I <laughs> take take a story like this right. With this is this is like I'm I think saying. this is my favorite after show that we did of thirty yeah. for thirty by the way. But go ahead. It's my this is my favorite sports story ever, right? You take some of the other greatest ones, like some of the best ones, Jackie Robinson, right? That's like that's a story that I grew up. We all grew up. We all know yeah. everything about it. How many docs and movies have been made about that? I mean, how many how many short ones and long ones, right? Yeah, probably twenty five, thirty, forty. Who knows? Yeah. The greatest stories in the history of the game of every game of sports, they've all been retold over and over and over again. Right. Every time a new, better, younger, smarter more innovative documentary comes out, the other ones just get relegated. They get older. Nobody watches them anymore. In 40 years, this will not be the documentary people watch to retell the story. This is too good of a story for that. And there will be a documentary that interviews A-Rod. There will be one that interviews Joe Torre. There will be a documentary that talks about the, the state of Boston's economy and all the things that were going on yeah, the around depth, the story. What I'm trying juice. to say about it is, mm. so that young fan that I'm talking about, because my point was in reference to the movie, not the story, will not watch this movie. Like, we talk about these 30 for 30s. We're supposed to look at them as films. That's what we do every week. Right, right. And how good they are as films. So, like, there's not going to be a better Rand University ever get made. Because they took the story and the subject matter and made the best version of that story they're going to make. Exactly. I mean, there might be a Randy Moss story, but there's not going to be Rand. Yeah. This is such a rich story. There's so much that goes into it that to tell it the way they did, as good as it is for what we wa- got to watch... This will not stand the test of time. There will be a much better 30 for 30 Except for style. Red Sox fans showing it to Red Sox fans. Well, well okay, and that's true. Uh, yeah. For a Red Sox fan, maybe this will be the or but maybe there'll be a better one. There'll I don't be, know. Yeah. And that, that honestly actually goes back to be- validate my initial point on what I said, how there wasn't as much depth in, like you said, talking about the, ci- the city of Boston, the state of the economy, the, you know, all the other things that they could have dig and told and stuff that I would have liked right. that they did not tell. That kind of goes back to validating my point. And I understand what you're saying. Well, maybe years from now they will come out with something <laughs> oh my god talk about needed <laughs> to be invalidated both of you holy crap that will validate uh, my point that will validate my point that will validate my point point. and unfortunately guys and before uh, Steph yes. gets to say anything else cause I don't need to be validated I'm all good dude we need to wrap it up <laughs> all Steph I'll validate you uh, it's all good man so thank you guys for wading through the, the gutters of discussion that we just went through but it was a good one I enjoyed Super it fun. we it got fun. into it we got into it we'll see you guys back in a couple weeks on the uh, After Buzz TV 30 for 30 after show what are we gonna do have we decided do we know what the next 30 for 30 is gonna be uh, OJ 
We already did that one. We already did that one. Uh, no, we I wasn't here. here. Yeah, no. Loser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to think about it until you guys see. Do you guys want to do uh, Bo. Bad Boys Pistons? You don't know Bo? Bro, you don't know Bo? That's what I was thinking. All right, whatever you guys want to do. Or right, Pistons. We'll Let's just it. say it. You guys tell us what well, we no, should do. Well, no, we should tell us because then they can watch and follow along. Nah, TBD. We don't want to decide on this one. We'll, we'll. Okay. I don't agree. Again, bad idea. <laughs> Look, and nobody's agreeing Steph, this episode. I think my point was, just kidding, uh, we, have to, we have to end the show. Do you need show. to be validated before we end the show? <laughs> I just need that. You guys can validate Ben Bateman at Ben Bateman Media and validate him, please, because he needs a little bit of uh, that. Twitter and Instagram. Kevin John, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyKevinJohn uh, on my website, www.itskevinjohn.com. Steph Z. And you guys can tweet me at I am Steph Z. Keep the conversation going. Have a great night. We love you. Go Niners. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.